0: Abe here, and I wanted to let you know that if you're able, you can upgrade your Small Beans skill over at patreon.com slash small beans. Here's why you should do that. If you pledge five measly beans a month, you get access to about half our podcasts that you don't get if you're just listening to the free feed. Shows include Star Trek The Next Futurama, Spielboys, like Razor Blade Pie, and bonus episodes of I'll Show You Mine If You Show Me Yours. Not to mention bonus content, including info and updates on the movie we're making, pop there. Hey, where's all the reasons to not subscribe to Patreon? I can't find them. Anyway, back to the show.
1: So, you decided to he- dive headfirst into controversy today by picking a Matthew Vaughn flick and choosing that side of the split with him I and chose Guy violence Ritchie today. <laughs> well, yes, you did. You really did choose violence. Uh, I kind of like Matthew Vaughn as a director. Uh, having like yeah. I, I never like pick his films like that's the one I want to see. But when I mm-hmm. see one, I'm like, hmm, he is pretty fucking good. He's a pretty good
0: director. You want to hear a kind of a semi hot take? I love that's all I want from you. <clears throat> you know? Uh I think he secretly was the reason that Guy Ritchie was we all thought he was better than he was. Like I think Oh, so you believe lo- that, that that I narrative. believe that Lockstock and I don't know what happened behind scenes, so I can't really verify anything. And Snatch. If you look at his Guy Ritchie's career, Guy Ritchie's best movies are Lockstock and Snatch. Mm-hmm. And Matthew Vaughn was a part of those films. Went on to mo- start his own directing career with layer-, layer Cake, and continued to be pretty damn good. the f- The flair, the flair and style of Guy Ritchie's
1: films feels like it kind of left after those two.
0: Like Guy Ritchie is still competent. I'm sure that it was more of like one of those. It's a collaboration, you know. Sure, like sure. Ed uh, Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg is another one where you like you. You take them alone, and they're like, yeah, it's pretty good. But you put yeah. them together, and you're like, this is great. Um, true. That is, that, maybe it's, that is true. Maybe it's just British people. You just need <laughs> more British
1: people. <laughs> just put them together like creative Legos. And you're
0: like, now that's, that's I, I see the point of this. Yeah, that's a movie. That <laughs> yeah. feels
1: like movies. Uh, I think you're right. I think we solved that problem. Uh, yeah. Hey, 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 Abe, hey, this is, this is director piece. Did you know that? Yeah. Oh. Director Pierce Theater, in fact. Yeah. Uh you're a host named Abe. I'm a host named Adam. Uh and we talk about the art of directing in films <laughs> that maybe aren't the ones you might think of as high art directing films. Uh yes. maybe. You know? Somebody maybe. out there is making the case for Kingsman, though, I would say. Right? I am.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah. sure
1: am. You really are. I mean wow.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, wow. I mean, I'm not making the ar- I'm not making the uh, argument that it's like this is an artistic film that should be taken very seriously. Right. It's a fun spy. It's a dumb fun spy movie. Right. Um, you're not but British. That's why you're not doing that. That that's also true. <laughs> but right. the point is that I do think that. There's craftsmanship on all levels even in the dumbest films. If you look at the first episode we did of the series, we talk I talk about color in the Wedding Singer. I mean, who does that?
1: You do. Idiots. It. Uh, yeah. Idiots, <laughs> Idiots with nothing to better to do on a Thursday morning. That's uh, right. Which is when this is. Thursday yes. morning. Yes. Uh can I can I make the least surprising confession you'll ever hear today? Abe? Um please
0: do. I think you know what it is already. I think I might. It is. I had never <laughs> seen this film before. <laughs> it makes it makes total sense to me, yet it makes no sense to me.
1: I wouldn't watch this. Uh, this seemed like this is going to be dumb discount uh, James Bond, which it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a lot to love about it, actually. I find right. it more lovable because it didn't take itself very seriously, actually. Right? Yeah, and it was
0: kind of a big deal. That's why I thought you would have watched it because you like, I know you have like a little bit of FOMO, you know, you're like, Sometimes, I gotta watch yeah, yeah. the, the, the Marvels, I guess, yeah, yeah. you know, I definitely yeah. don't like to
1: be in a, in a room with like, let's say you and let's say Mike and let's say Dave and we'll, I don't know, add Dan in there. And just yeah, yeah. not and not know what's yeah, happening. We're in the room, <laughs> yeah, yeah. all together. What and else? We're all fighting. Like happens in this movie, uh-huh. and then someone stops and says, "Yo, did you see that scene in Kingsman?" And I'm the only one that hasn't. Hate Aww. that. I know. That's what I don't like. Uh, so I'm glad you brought me up to speed with the first of. It turns out four Kingsman movies. There's wait, four. is there
0: four? I thought it was just three. I think they're making a fourth. Currently, they're making a fourth. Yeah. So I believe it's... so. It's this one, this has a sequel, and then they have an origin, like the sure. beginning of The Kingsman. Like we needed that, sure. And that's with uh, Ray Fiennes, called yeah, The yeah. King's Man. Oh, that's see. who should have always been in this, though. Uh-huh. Ray Fiennes, and, come on. Yeah. And then, I don't know what the, the fo- I didn't know about the fourth one. The fourth one is, uh... It's in production right now, I want to say? That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I uh, feel I mean, like, why not? It's a
1: franchise. I guess. it's, it's did very well being a franchise means absolutely nothing now other than there's a percentage of people that'll see it no matter what. Right. Yeah.
0: It's, it's all numbers game now. Right. So it's yeah. like you do this threshold uh, on this year. They're like, well, you're making another one. And it's like, if you're under that number, it's like, go kick rocks. So, <laughs> so can I just say, I think it'll help you
1: get your argument going. Cause this is an Abe episode, sure. which means we're in yeah. for a treat. Mm. Uh, well we are. Uh, I feel like Matthew Vaughn has spent most of his directorial career trying to prove the exact thing that you hot taked at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> yeah,
0: probably.
1: Like I'm the one. It was me. It was me, Austin. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He's, Directors are fickle people, man. That's we what he's know. been doing. This this film very, very much feels like you want to see what who what Snatch was about, you want to see that shit. I'll I show you. See that. <laughs> Here it is. I, I did it. Yeah. <laughs> It me. It was me, Austin. Uh, All time. My all time favorite entertainment thing. Vince Vince McMahon. It was me, Austin. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, Abe, take us into your conversation that we're going to have today about Kingsman, the Secret Service.
0: Yeah. I wanted to... I was watching it, like, just, you know, casually, and... um, I was like really focused on the fight scenes because I had watched Snatch sure. maybe a sure. few weeks before, and I was like, "Wow, it is alarming how similar they are." And obviously, this movie is a spy movie, uh, and the director Matthew Vaughn, uh, who's also done like X Men movie, uh, the the First Class movie, um, yep. he's done on some superhero stuff. Um, he's a long time collaborator, Guy Richie, as we mentioned, and he's definitely got that like frenetic fast cut style. Um, and the movie, while it takes a lot from like the classic James Bond stuff, less in format and more in like jokes and, um, you know, just like kind of set up punchline kind of stuff. It's definitely updated. Um, it's a modern action movie. Uh, That's also true of the modern James Bonds, but I couldn't help feeling that, like in the DNA of the action sequence, or more specifically the fight sequences, that there's also like superhero movies in there, and there's martial arts movies in there, right? Absolutely, which are not necessarily. I mean, you know, depending on the James, the the James James's Bonds. There might be a little martial arts stuff. There might be a little superhero stuff. But spy movies are more of like, I shoot the guy or like, "Ah, I poisoned you using guile and stuff like that. Um, And a lot of James Bonds couldn't really fight like this. Yeah, 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 exactly. Especially the older ones, uh, which is what uh, the Kingsmen are aping. Um, And so when we cover the action and we look at really what's the DNA of these action sequences, these fight scenes... I think it would be co- I thought it would be cool to t- kind of talk about how all the types of movies have unique approaches to how they shoot the fight scene and how the Kingsman is a good kind of launching point because because it, it does a pretty good job that's fun of combining all of them.
1: Yeah, I, I mean just impressionistically, not not knowing everything you're going to say, I can tell you when I watched this I was like this feels like a really good summary of what action movies are now.
0: Yeah, like, right? especially it does favorite little of everything.
1: And but it also does them pretty well like uh i saw some zack snyder in there i definitely saw some matrix in there uh i you know i saw a lot like i saw a little bit of michael bay obviously like there he's he knows what he's doing uh and there was a little bit of like when i was watching it i felt like this feels like uh faster than i remember action movies
0: going and right doing it successfully which is pretty cool which is different from like your born ultimatums and stuff like right. that, or um, some of the like what is it, the Quantum Solace? You know, like so where they cut away some, from everything. Right. There was a there was a few dark years for the James Bond franchise mm-hmm. where it was just yeah. like we we had this. I think we kind of had this uh, t- late two thousands early tens uh, era where it was just like just cut fast and and dis- be discontinuous. It's great. Um, but right. we seem to have moved on from that, and we still like the quick cuts, but we seem to do them with purpose a little bit more, which I like. Uh, I, it's, feel like I, think it's better.
1: I feel like all of Hollywood saw that every frame of painting about Jackie Chan. Yeah. Because that yeah. honestly, <laughs> it's like a perfect video essay on exactly that issue, and uh, they were like, shit.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? They were like, ah, ah got, he got us. <laughs> yeah, he got us. us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Um, so first I wanted to kind of talk about what what are all the technique? Because when we talk about technique, it's always good to kind of preface it with, like, what are they trying to accomplish? So, yeah. like, what's the goal of any set technique, more or less? Um, and why are they being used by the director? Um, and touchstones of all these types of movies come down to me um, to speed and momentum, right? That's the goal mm. of a lot <clears throat> of these techniques. And... So when you're trying to, let's say, if your goal is speed or momentum, to me, there's a few techniques that, like, jump out immediately. One of the ones we just talked about. Quick edits, they wipe your eye. The flurry of stimuli you get from a few quick edits will make you feel like things are going fast, obviously. Mm. Um, another one is camera movement in uh, in actual, like, camera position. So dolly moves, basically uh toward with or away from the subject all have their kind of unique attitude depending on what you're doing what the doll move is but the motion keeps things urgent and continuous with the previous shots and the ones coming up next and this is like a entirely a z-axis thing because if you want to talk about like the x y axis of camera where you're more dealing with what's lateral, you have different camera moves. You wouldn't be, use a doll. You'd use something like a pan, a tilt, a cant, a spin. Um, yeah. All of these can do the same thing of injecting this kind of quick change to the shot, right? Because if you're moving the camera's angle literally by like painting from left to right, you are changing the background obviously so you're keeping the motion game kind of like this hot potato that passes from shot to shot that would be a tactic to change or uh up momentum it also um, it also is a great
1: way of making the audience feel like this is designed like like yeah. it, it makes the fight feel like we're going somewhere with it because nobody wants to watch a fight and feel like it's stagnant like, a fight is still drama. So we all want to feel like it's leading us to this moment where he gets not his his block knocked off or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. the camera motion of any kind helps to create that illusion.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we got, like, quick edits, dolly moves, camera moves. Changes in frame size is another one, uh, especially done when it's in continuous shot. It gives you the feeling that the events of the scene aren't really defined only by what's in frame mm-hmm. there's a whole world of shit happening just right outside of frame so it gives you this illusion that no matter how much is activity is in the shot there's even more that we can't glimpse and that i would argue is also you know kind of a visual cue for building momentum and lastly and perhaps most importantly motion in camera is very important in other words choreography and speed of your subject traversing through space grounds our perspective because we're like oh that it me you know that's what movies the viewer does and they go so that's usually how we perceive the momentum of the scene uh for example like in no country for old men is like if you were to determine what your speed and your momentum is you take a character like Anton Chigurh creeping through frames like death and then he murders someone with a quick jolt of violence yeah or is it like you're making a Jet Li movie like the one where he's a blur of punches just spinning around the space. Well, they both have their own speed because they're moving at different speeds. Um, it's funny I think you say that all them.
1: These are, those both feel slower than this movie does.
0: Oh yeah, this right? movie is ratcheted up to the max. Yeah, for sure. this movie
1: is. Uh, I couldn't believe how fast they were able to make it seem without obviously speed ramping.
0: Yeah, you I know? definitely watched like. The first thing we'll talk about is the Colin Firth and the pub scene, right? Great, but, it was uh, great. Before scene. we get into it, I noticed that like when I did uh, like Small Beautiful Things edit of like It Man or you know like re- just rewatching the scenes, I would just put it on an A to B loop, mm. and I'd watch in maybe a dozen times. But I cracked the code. Oh, fun! These ones. I had to watch it like thirty, forty times before I was like that I what what is happening really there? You know, like that was it's crazy how it's, fast it blinks past.
1: You can barely comprehend the actual content of the scene, let alone the technique being deployed, which right. is like another layer of understanding, because it's so quickly executed and honestly really well executed. Right, um, you
0: you don't lose. It's not like you lose the forest for the trees. Not because really. That would yeah. be kind of. That would be what we're talking about with the um with the born ultimatums and whatnot, whatnot. Yeah, that's more about <clears throat> creating confusion that substitutes yeah. for a fight scene.
1: Or the worst offender of all, in some ways, Batman. Every Batman yeah. fight scene, because the outfits are so cumbersome, is like kind of like let's make some noise with the camera, so it looks like something's yeah. happening.
0: Anyway. You can't see me. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's so much better in
0: the air than he is punching people in a like yeah. in the movie. Oh yeah, because he's got a silhouette. You yeah. go, oh shit. Yeah. that's why the animated series is the yeah. best version of Batman. I agree. Um, yes. So all these things matter, and I don't know if you can think of any other what anything that I missed, like visual cues for momentum. Um, going mm-hmm. back to our visual class. Only, for- <laughs> only. So like, where your eye is being placed.
1: Yeah. Like so yeah, that's that's a, that's a secondary thing but like um lots and lots of film directors are thinking about the frame as like a kind of heat map for your eyes. Where is your eye actually drawn to in the frame? And <clears throat> when real. you when you want to create a sense of tension or a sense of uh feeling sort of visually overwhelmed, which can be a good thing. What you do is you make the you make the focus, the focal point in the frame move. For like, a wide distance. So they have to scan a little bit Correct. to find it. Correct. Yeah. And I think anxiety fight scenes create that effect often so that you feel like you're being overwhelmed by it. Whereas, like, almost every great montage is, like, they're, they have one focal point and every shot that they cut to, like, keeps it on that same point. On that quadrant. Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think that that's the reason I didn't even mention that one. Well, I didn't think of it. It's not I'm a not camera not a, technique. I'm a genius. But yeah. no, but uh, it's really well thought. Uh, the I don't think Matthew Vaughn uses it because he's using so much of the other tactics. It's that like, how can you control that? Yeah. Yeah. You don't you have to use every single thing. Right. Because uh, he actually does a reverse where I think, to his credit... Uh, he does the second thing you said He manufactures it so that he's like I know I'm cutting cr- like crazy But thank god I kept Colin Firth always in the center You know I think
1: that's right I actually think the Matrix is another example of A fight oh, scene yeah. that doesn't want you to look around much
0: Yeah They want you to focus on The, the one spinning baby. thing Yeah And
1: like they design shots in such a way that Complex action happens but your eye doesn't lose the thread You know, right. um, Which is cool. It's really cool when you can pull it off in a fight
0: scene. Um, A lot of films don't. I don't want to get too off topic, but that's another one. No, no. It's, yeah, very much so. Yeah. So when we look at the King, when we look at Kingsman, uh, we have to ask, okay, of these tactics, how does he manufacture speed? And I would argue that, like most things in movies in the modern age, uh, it comes from a mimicry of types of movies. Uh huh. But I think that there's actually a little added secret sauce of his own. And we've kind of almost broached that topic. I love it. really great. Uh, So let's start with perhaps the not so Uh, obvious superhero tactics. Tactics to make an action fight scene uh, in a superhero movie uh, kind of a bridge. And I'm not going to talk about all aspects, but just the ones that I want that are relevant to this movie. That is the world an action director has
1: to live in, though.
0: Now? Yeah. 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 Yeah,
1: for sure. You got to know this and lexicon, I, have to.
0: And I think that the key here, and I think it comes from the DNA of blockbuster, uh but also comic books, um is the concept of the compound shot. Especially when you think of a comic book, it's usually like a 3 pane little story or whatever, um that you you know, depending on the sizes of, you know, your page, you usually get a block that like the illustrator and the author is saying like, okay, the reader will ch- like will group this together, and they'll see this as one little sequence, and yeah. then they'll see this as another little sequence. So because of that, they what they're sometimes doing is they're building a compound shot. It's the same shot, but something else has changed in the shot. So imagine how like Marvel movies shoot Black Widow mm. fight scenes, mm. right? And it, while what I'm going to say is true of Captain America and Thor and like basically anyone else that is hand-to-hand combat that isn't a Hulk, um, because they shoot the Hulk as just this big ball of uh, explosions, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah.
1: he's just big well, he, fist explosion. He tends to like, he tends to be an endpoint that leads to an, like a, another character leaves the frame when he gets there.
0: Yeah. Pretty much yeah. every time. Yeah. Every time. He's just this static rock. Right. Um, right. Until he's not, until he is the thing being fling, yeah. flung. Yeah, he's you know, sort of anyway. like
1: billiards. It's like watching how billiards are done. Like, like Yeah, I,
0: I actually find Hulk is the least interesting visual uh I of agree. The all heroes because he has t there's one game, two two sides of one coin. Is he the most unstoppable force? Is he not the most unstoppable force? There's little little less there's fewer games to be played. But um I like Black Widow because she's got kind of a very martial arts fighting style, yeah. so she's good for this argument more so than the others. So yeah, you're there. Scarlett Johansson is there. Yes, she is. She slides across the ground toward the camera, or like through the shot. You're imagining it right yeah, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. and camera will have this slight drift toward or with her as she does. And it's on and we're in like kind of a wider shot or a medium wide shot where she's like punching and kicking as she traverses through the space. And then the camel kind of wheels around to her set set last position. She falls close to it. It's like a close-up of her face and she throws back her hair. Or it's an insert of her gun getting reloaded, right? You can imagine this, yeah? You've seen the shot. It's in like in every time every Black Widow fight scene, right? And then it quickly cuts out. Um, and these are examples of compound shots. It starts as a wider shot, some stuff happens in frame, and then we land into a new shot, like an insert or a close-up. Yeah, that is the basics of a compound shot. It, it feels um, like
1: something that Zack Snyder would do, mm-hmm. uh, or it feels like something that is. It starts off almost being like a third-person video game shot. You know, like like you're like you're running behind God of War or something uh yeah. and then like the camera detaches and watches the action happen uh instead you know of what, like
0: being it behind it all the time totally on this side yes hot, another hot take oh great i think the reason that we are this way with blockbusters is 100% uh 100% steven spielberg and oh. steven spielberg got it from david lean and dramas but he decided to Change it and say I'm gonna make my action movies like this, What's, like my action sequences. Where did that start? Would you say? Just I
1: know it's tangible.
0: I mean, old Hollywood. Like David Lean was, you know, taking from, gosh, you know, like he was he was coming up and Hitchcock was king, you know, like and before that, it you know it was Warner and MGM. Like it, like the compound shot knows. Like go to gone, gone with the Wind, wide shot, Dolly back down the railing to her face she spins around says the line um that's true it's the yeah, same thing as the right. fi- black widow sequence it's just you know it's just not, a fight, uh, yeah, Welles, it's not a fight scene yeah orson wells
1: orson wells used to do that shit in like uh uh the movie with the where he's the corrupt cop uh that just flew out of my head touch of evil yes touch of evil right he's doing some of that stuff uh like in the dialogue <laughs> scenes right yeah. What do you, what?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's classic Hollywood stuff. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and I think, and I think that the DNA is more like I'm not saying one to one. This caused this yeah, yeah, guy yeah, to yeah. do this, this, but it's just like it's a culmination of the lexicon and the grammar of you know a bunch of filmmakers over time. That when we get down to Spielberg and Spielberg is like I'm going to make blockbusters and specifically my like Indiana Joneses. Yeah. You look at like something like, you look at Star Wars. Sure. Right? I heard Star of it. Star Wars yeah. is just like you see the action happen and we're on a camp. There's a camera and there's this a lens and-, and we see them shooting and it cuts to them getting shot or shooting back. Uh, that's very different from, you know, like we spin the camera around and then we drop down and then Indy's on the ground already. And he puts his hat on like, that's a, yeah,
1: you're right about there's that.
0: There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of compound aspects
1: of Spielberg's work. And it's, it, I I mean, forgive me for interrupting you. I, I, no. th- I feel like there are probably two very obvious reasons for that. One of them is you're afraid the actor will get hurt. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, like you, you, you need to use a stunt person. So like, you got to create cuts so that sometimes it's the actor. And sometimes it's the stunt person and the other yeah. is, uh, and that adds money. So that's another reason. And the other is that, uh, like it takes a certain amount of time from your day to shoot it with this kind of continuity. Cause you got to get right. all the pieces working correctly.
0: Yeah. It's a hard shot. It's really hard to pull up, really especially pull off. with all the choreography we do in the modern age. Right. You know, we got wire work. We got all this stuff. Right. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of the basics of, you know, Compound Shot, not owned by superhero movies, but definitely, even by the time that, you know, The Kingsman comes out, it's the, it's like the cultural. It's the template. Touchstone. It's the template. Yeah. So let's look at that first uh, scene in Kingsman. That's the first fight scene, really. It's the one where it's uh, Mark Hamill's tied up to a chair. Loved it. And, Lancelot, I love, it. loved it, loved love it. that so much. Uh, Lancelot, uh, or the the first Lancelot, one yeah. uh, kills kills a bunch of dudes, only to get cut in half by uh, uh, Giselle or Gazelle. I guess Gazelle. I don't know G- Gazelle, <laughs> the lady with the sword feet. And if you watch the sequence. It's shot like a Black Widow sequence, right? Yeah. Go watch it or think about it if it's fresh in your mind, Adam. <laughs> Lancelot rolls through the frame, almost always at camera, or th- or if it's going laterally, camera's moving with him, and the sequence ends with him literally reloading his gun that started off as like a wide shot. Yeah, yeah. So it's a little bit more cut happy than like a Marvel would do it, but because that's Vaughn's style- but the sequence building is one and the same. He's more daring than
1: Marvel would be. Is one thing. The other thing is I can't think D- of a scene, an action scene that was more of a tone setter than that in a movie.
0: Because like, yeah, it really fucking bl- blasts. It scene, really doesn't.
1: does. I had a certain amount of like, how schlocky is this going to be? Oh, okay, this is going to be like, like, like a pretty well shot, you know, Zack Snyder. And then when he gets cut in half. It's like, oh my God. You're just God. like, all right. Oh my um, God. <laughs> this, this movie what will movie. do anything. Yeah. What am I going to. What are we doing? What's,
0: <laughs> what's going to happen by the end of this? Exactly. <laughs> Turns out it's anal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. You're not wrong. Uh, not wrong. Yep. This is. Uh, so the reason I wanted to focus on that just for a little bit is this is probably because I think for the first few fights, Vaughn wants you to see the abilities of the Kingsmen as superhuman. Totally. They set their own pace. They own this space. And they can just rip through people with alarming efficiency.
1: Yeah. Um, plus which is a good starting point. Plus, he loves the shit out of it. Like I, I mean, yeah, you, it's cool. You don't see that many directors that just love the shit out of it like this guy does. You know, like, like for instance, I know you're going to talk about this, but like the Westboro Baptist scene. Like, I don't know what kind of Baptist there, but I know they're Westboro. Yeah. right we don't yeah. even need that scene at all we don't need like you don't need it no, for no, no, drama no. it's just a it's a delicious sequence <laughs> he yeah. just wanted to murder the hell out of a bunch of bigots uh it, yeah, he like, just
0: wanted to murder a bunch of someone and yeah. he's
1: like you know what who should it be yeah. probably bigots. Here, yeah, yeah let's let's murder the hell out of a bunch of bigots it is emotional it's emotionally wrong for the for what is happening like it <laughs> like it's really it's like meaning wrong like it's not the feeling you're supposed to have about what's happening at all. Yeah. Uh, In fact,
0: it's antithetical to you're yes. supposed to be feeling like this is a horrifying yes. event that promises death for the world. Correct. Instead, you're like, yeah, Freebird, baby. <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly, <laughs> Freebird.
1: <laughs> exactly, because yeah. this guy's having the time of his life making this film. It feels
0: like. Yeah, and that's cool. You do feel it. Good for that's him. That's cool. You know. Good for him. Yeah. Um. So. Superhero movie and like the tactics, the a tactic they use, check. Next thing, let's go, let's talk about how martial arts fights are different from that. And it's uh due to and I want to focus on a tactic that I don't know, for lack of a better phrase, I'm just gonna call it, like close-up magic. Okay. Uh when you think of a typical martial arts movie, they typically linger more and revel in the precision of every fight. Yeah that that's arguable because there's been many phases of like, you know, different types of martial arts movies. But when you think of just like your generic, you know, martial arts movie, uh, you know, that's kind of where it's coming from. It's not about the speed in which they cut, through dudes As much much as is the location And kind of nuance of these hits That's like, right. ah yeah. he got him Like yeah. a chess game And the edits kind of mimic that So it's a little bit more of an edit heavy Kind of situation We have fewer compound shots in that way Now we see this on display in the first hand-to-hand co- Combat sequence in the movie uh, Which is the Colin Firth And the pub beating the shit out of Eggsy's Bullies right? Yes Um, So Vaughn loves these insert shots that move to a new area in space. So let me explain this. Yeah, yeah. Think of a close-up shot of a knife blurring through the frame as it finds a home in like a crony's chest, right? It whips around and stabs someone in the chest. Mm -hmm. And then the camera moves back to reveal a medium two shot of Colin Firth basically directing the blade with his umbrella like we do that it's a subtle reveal or it cuts to uh, like when he uses the umbrella in general it's quick cuts of him whipping it around almost too quick to register right um, we're close in a lot of these shots because it really makes the camera whip pan and speed up the momentum of the quick edit right. Yeah, um, that's just enough. like going back to the top of this podcast. That's like one of the tactics. Just pan, tilts, spins. This is a way to change your background, make it seem like it's still going fast. They they right?
1: feel like they're something Edgar Wright would do, but they're not quite as like, hey, pay attention to this.
0: Yes, and they're faster. Yes, they are faster because they're simpler. It's just a shot of an umbrella moving through space very quickly. Right. Um. And the Kingsmen as a group. All the Kingsmen use these little gadgets and doodads like the James Bond, you know, thing like rings or umbrellas or and it's almost always hand to hand combat. So there's a lot to play with that aren't just guns where it's just like I shoot them. So I think that that's important because that's more of the DNA of a martial arts movie where it's like. And where's the fist going? Is it moving to the left or the right side of the body? It's like he's really mapping it out for you. Um, another sequence I wanted to point out is when Eggsy is parkouring away from his uh, the bullies. There's a shot of him doing it. Yeah. And it's a wonder. Yeah, yeah, Um, And it's just funny because you mentioned the every frame of painting Jackie Chan thing. And I wrote this down. And I was like... That feels like a uh, Jackie Chan navigating through the space, yeah, it does. right? Yeah, it's very martial arts influenced, but it's a completely different tactic that he doesn't use for most of the fight scenes. It's just like, wow, he really did it. He yeah. really jumped through all that stuff, and you know that's true about our uh, our actor here. That seems like the goal of a lot of these techniques
1: is to make the illusion of they really did this, f- like very present. Yeah. Like he, it's it's. You know, because I feel like that's why we went to this whole movement in, in of the ballet compound shot anyway. It's like, they yeah. didn't even use stunt people. It's actually Scarlett Johansson doing that's it. That's Colin Firth? Right, exactly. <laughs> Love actually is Colin <laughs> Firth. He's <It's> beating the <laughs> shit Spine out of these and Prejudice is uh, Colin yeah. Firth. <laughs> yeah. The King's Speech. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> He's speaking yeah. with his fists
0: now. Uh, that's right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Love it. So- now, let's talk about the guy Richie of it all. Thank you. We kind of get uh, like, and I want to stay with the same sequence. Okay. The initial punch that starts the whole sequence, the fight sequence is this slow motion shot of CG teeth getting thrown through a group of goons. Like one of them looks at the teeth and is like, oh. Extremely silly, yes. So silly and very Guy Ritchie because Mm -hmm. of the speed ramping stuff, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Uh, He's playing with temporality to show something to somehow make it more badass or comical. Um, So we're introduced to this kind of post-production trick as well that I haven't seen in any movie. Guy Ritchie or... Matthew Vaughn beforehand, I could be wrong if people can identify this trick as well, please you know, write in, <laughs> please call the hotline yeah, yeah. call dpt tell me, because i've I actually put considerable time into this. I was like, is this the first time I've seen this? because I haven't seen it in any other franchise as well, which is uh something that he does is you'll notice that when a huge impact happens and it's really on uh it's really shown in this pub sequence. Uh, when a huge impact like a big punch happens on the A shot before we cut to usually uh you know the B shot or the second shot, you get a single quick pulse of, of like a camera shake. Like it may, imagine you take camera and you take a single shake of it, mm-hmm. but it's just like this single impulse. It's it's very hard to do if you were to actually. Do it in camera. It would take forever uh, to do it. Totally in post. Because the idea that you could get that kind of precision on the edit on the day is just that doesn't. It's unfathomable. Right. And you can kind of see that they zoom in a little bit when they do it, in order to make the framing work. Because if they're shaking the camera, that means their outer, the outer edge of the canvas of the frame, has to, you know, if it's going to move around got to zoom in a little bit it's it's basic like if you have ever stabilized footage it's the same kind of idea but it's like the idea of cutting on the action all the way to the max it like i want to shake the world with that punch by just giving a single pulse of like the camera shook for just a second and i haven't really seen that in any other um but it's definitely like a guy richie style tactic. It's definitely an, or he's like uh, fucking with the, it in post. Yeah. yeah. You know well, what I mean? yeah.
1: Post zooms are like Guy Ritchie's contribution to cinema in some ways, you know, like. Right. Uh, yeah.
0: And that's and he usually emplo- deploys them slightly differently where it's like he does it in shot and they're loud like seem continuous and they're loud yeah. and they, there's crazy amount of stabilization. Right. So it's almost like s- surreal how it's like, wow, it's like we're on a different camera suddenly and then we zoom out and it's like, no, but this is the same shot. And it's like anytime you get the feeling in a guy Ritchie uh movie or even a matthew vaughn movie he does it less i mean but, uh, that's what they're doing so
1: this is the kind of shit not in necessarily an action film this is the kind of shit that youtube's been doing for like the last i don't know five ten years where like they're shooting a shot that's like a wide or whatever right and then to create impact for let's say a dumb joke they'll add a little zoom to it as they say it Right, or they'll add a little like uh like they'll add even like a little shake when they're doing like their rap video thing or whatever, right? Yeah, like that kind of work has been around for a long time, but or or like so like contrast that with say the actual physical movement of the camera that say WWE is doing now. Like if you watch every time you watch a WWE match, when uh, a wrestler hits another wrestler with a big impact move, the camera shakes. Mm-hmm. right and that's where they put their cuts by the way is like on these camera shakes and they're planned because yeah. when you watch older WWE broadcasts they didn't have the camera shake and the moves looked faker right you know so what's happening here is this director is taking both of those techniques and fusing them in this really small invisible way that feels yeah. like a, a little bit of an evolution to make you subconsciously feel the punch more than see it
0: yeah exactly and, that's cool. and it's different from like in an anime where it's like someone's going super saiyan where it's like it's not bu- shaking usually is a continuous activity so it's right not building up it's just a little pop like an edit usually yeah. like cutting on action is usually like people do that in action movies because it makes the impact feel it's, more emphasized Everybody's trying to get this in their cinematic
1: experience, like especially if it's Mm -hmm. action. Like even video games are trying to get it, right? Like you remember the Rumble Pack, Abe? Did you ever have a Rumble Pack? Oh yeah, I love a Rumble Pack. The Rumble Pack is exactly this idea, which is we got to create a physical feeling to give you the feeling of "Ooh, I got hit by something." Yeah, right. This is the visual equivalent of that, Um, and it's cool. You know, by the way, Rumble Theaters. You know they're coming. Rumble, Rumble theaters Rumble. where they shake yeah, your theaters. ass. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I want. <laughs> yeah. I want me. when a guy gets punched to get buzzed in the ass. <laughs> Show me what you're working with.
0: <laughs> uh, another thing that we got going on in the sequence yeah. is Vaughn loves peppering in what I call like whirly shots. And this Great is term. a very um, Guy term. Ritchie thing. Yeah. Which is that it's basically the background of the shot is entirely blurred by a spinning motion. And the way you accomplish this is it's usually a quick shot. Uh, You mount the camera on a person doing the punching and then you spin them around and you show their opponent who is in focus and like static because you've mounted the camera upon them. Getting thrown into like a three sixty or getting blasted away, often the camera isn't even mounted to the person. I can't tell you how many times I rewatch sequences that do this in movies, and it's like because everything in your mind is like focus on the guy who's like screaming at camera. Yeah, yeah you
1: person. don't look
0: at the arm that is doing the punching. You're like, that's not a real arm. That's a rig. That's a metal rig. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. That's he does that a lot, and that kind of adds to the frenetic aspect. I'm just pointing out like these are the Guy Ritchie isms, and that's, you know, that is really cool because I didn't see that at all. So yeah, I'm gonna there's have to go back they're a very quick in this movie, but yeah, that's there. great. Uh, he does it several times in several fight scenes. Uh, Lastly, I wanted to notice how Colin Firth is always, you brought this up and very astute, he's always in the center in this uh, sequence. Every shot of him, he's surrounded by dudes, or if it's a closer shot, he's pulling someone through the center. So the momentum always makes it so that while things move very fast around the edges of the frame, i.e. the dudes getting blasted, there's like calm in the center. A calm in Firth.
1: Abe! Yes, <laughs> yes, <him!
0: laughs> I wrote that, and I, I, I took the time to put it in italics. You see, I see. You did. <laughs> you smoked a pipe like a fucking jackass. I love yeah, it. I'm such a jackass. Let's talk about uh, one. The one person we've, like, is the big set piece that we haven't talked about yet in this movie. I'm sorry, hold is, on. Hold on what? one second. I love how
1: you and I both go to the trouble of writing dumb puns into our
0: episodes. It's my favorite thing. I it's just a... want to
1: celebrate that little pun. That was that was wonderful, Fred. All right, continue.
0: <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, so let's talk about the gazelle problem. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gazelle has a unique issue With all of the stuff I just talked about You're probably mm-hmm. going to figure out why mm-hmm. uh, Because she's she's knife lady She's knife feet uh, So there is a quick fight at one point uh, At Samuel L. Jackson's house With her and that's all superhero stuff. There's none of the martial arts close-up magic. It's all swirling wides, like uh, we were talking about, like the Avenger shot isn't. Like it, it's, it looks exactly like that most of the time, mainly because her power is her whole body. So we always have to see her feet in the shot. That restricts, for the most part, how these choreo- the choreography of these shots go. We yeah. can't really do the mediums and medium-wides. We can definitely do inserts of, like, the blade coming through frame. Uh, that's He uses that... Vaughn uses that a lot. But that's a shot... That's, like, a reaction shot that we see of, like, Eggsy, where he's like, oh, shit, that almost hit me. Um So we need to care who she's fighting. And since we often don't until the end, she's just a whirlwind of... She's a blade tornado. Um And so we kind of show that, like, the way that we show Tasmanian Devil. It's... You never show you know half of a tornado you show the fucking full tornado i was um,
1: surprised how many wides of her there were given the problem that her body poses for this movie you know like yeah. like he he went out of his way to mask this problem he did the best he could he did pretty well with that i would say
0: uh usually I think one of the tactics he uses, he gives her a running start always. Yes. Yes. So that that's it's just right. like, you can just see a woman running in like a medium shot. Correct. You, and you just hear the, like the sound of the blades. Also the sound, sound, yeah, sound. is a huge yeah. tactic. You know that it's happening. You, you you can imagine it. So you don't see a lot of blades because that's also a lot of CG. Right. Um, anyway, of course, let's talk about kind of one of the bigger culminations. There's two big set pieces. And the first one is the one that you already mentioned, which is Firth mm-hmm. in the church. Mm-hmm. And this is where I think I'm going to talk about like the secret sauce that Michael, or Michael, that Matthew Vaughn has. Love it. Um, but first, let's kind of dissect this oneer a little bit. So it's a fake oneer. It's not a oneer. It's cut up. It's not trying to be a oneer necessarily. And even even when it is trying to be a oneer, it's using like frame breaks to cut in between because it's such a highly choreographed sequence with everyone fighting each other. And it's pretty momentous. It's tied to this idea of appearing as a wonder, which is really impressive on its own, but Mm -hmm. it's trying to make the sequence memorable in a way that it's just like constant belligerent momentum. Mm -hmm. So it mostly plays in wider lenses. Um, I wouldn't say that it's going to like, like wide, wide, like, when we start getting closer, like, the 21s or the 25s, that's too wide. I think it's playing in, like, 35 most of the time. So, like, a pretty medium lens, but not even close to telephoto. It feels um, like there's a little bit of lens warping to that. Am there, I wrong about that? I mean, that's the zooming in for the... Uh, I'm going to talk about it in a second. Okay. Actually. All right. For, for, um because there's a I think there's a method to that particular madness. But yes, you definitely okay. feel like it's like, wait, we're zoomed in super far. Yeah. And he probably shot this on a higher resolution in general. Um mm. and a lot and of the speed ramping. In post. Yeah, 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 yeah. So <sighs> We see a lot of sliding compound shots. They're very quick because a lot is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a f- But there's fewer close-up shots than a lot of the uh, action sequences I've already mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, because he wants to stay on this feeling of it being a one or he, he doesn't want to cut to an insert of the gun or the weapon. Um, so he has to play it in the wide or the medium shot. Now cameras whipping around and it has its own kind of like what's over there and what's over there. But it preemptively builds space for where the knife or the book at one point he uses a book to like fucking beat the shit out of someone where it's going. Like it's the camera already knows and it kind of builds in a space. So, you know, Oh, something's about to happen there. Now, this is where we talk about what we you wanted to just talk about. The quick zooms during the shots draw your eye to these props as they kind of whirl around in frame. Sometimes they're coming from the left. Sometimes they're coming from the right or above or below frame. And you can tell there's a subtle time remapping to emphasize like, yeah, okay, he's got a gun now again. And since we don't have the liberty of a cut, he builds in a little rest time slows t- does that time remapping slows it down and then zooms in on it. So like he gives you enough for like the equivalent of the work that an insert would be, be doing. And then we're back to the races and then he zooms back out speed gets, you know, sped up again and you know, we're in the fight scene. So this seems really complex, but it really is very simple when you think about it. And it's like, to me, it's deceptively intelligent filmmaking. From a design perspective, all you really do is you pick an object, like a knife or a ring or a gun or a person's head, and you just make sure and follow that from anywhere from like one to five seconds. Mm. Like your, the whole point of the game, the whole point of the frame is follow that object. And then once you've had your fun with that object, pick you a new thing. And follow that and just keep the chain going. And I think this is by far the most unique aspect of the Kingsman's fight scenes. Uh, Even then, I'd argue it pulls from martial arts and like that close up magic thing that I was talking about. Like you can think of um, Legend of Drunken Master where there's a whole game of like, don't break the jar of water and also have a fight with like 12 dudes. Right. Um, So it's always it's it's jar forward, you know, but he's doing it at an alarming rate where he's like switching our focus to like okay now it's a book okay now it's a knife okay now it's a, like a saber now it's a gun now it's like he's just doing what he wants he's doing and it
1: for non dramatic purposes which actually yes. makes it harder for us to see that he's doing it
0: right because you're not yeah. like why do i care about this book he's just right. like there a book appeared somewhere and you're right. just like okay what's that all about but he moves on so you don't really need to get attached to it It's not like he's like, please care about this thing. Here's a lighter.
1: My God, look at it. (laughs)
0: Look at it, the
1: lighter. Look at it.
0: (laughs) But it's a great technique that really does keep the momentum going. And it's the same kind of game that's played in the pub a little bit. Remember the medium close-up shot of the knife whipping into the shoulder of the crony. Right. Right, And then it turning into a compound medium that then turns into the umbrella. And it's the next volley of, you know, like his attack with the umbrella. So... It makes the fight feel like a string of discrete events that form a sequence, not just a bunch of movement from or away from camera or choreography that just makes it feel fast. Simply put, it's directed, right? Your eye is directed to a certain quadrant of the frame and then a new object is introduced into that space. And now you follow that little game. And I think it's when Kingsman is at its best, I think that's when you enjoy the movie the most because you're like, yeah, this is fucking awesome. Oh, 100%. And,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it definitely, this is the time you're supposed to stand up and cheer 100%. 100%. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting because it makes me think, actually, this director's main concern is making you feel like you're still grounded in the middle of this fight. You know yeah, I mean? Like he's sort of anchoring your attention on something so that you can absorb the fight. You know, like, yeah. like there's a comprehend, because I mean, you know, when you do something like this, it's really easy for people to get lost. That's what bad directors do is you're like, what am I looking at? You know? Yeah. Uh, he seems like he's found a really interesting technique to keep that from happening. I but think still it kind of helps him.
0: that it's like on his back. Like yeah. it's Colin Firth is mostly centered. Again. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's another choice. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely video game inspired. You know, like there's no question about that. For real. But I still think it's a smart filmmaker that can see the advantage of that and create a new cinematic experience with it.
0: Um, yeah, it's cool. It's really cool. It's really cool. And here's the other thing that I think is actually sneakily smart: is knowing when to do stuff like this and having fun with it, and knowing when not to. Yeah. I want to emphasize like the next big uh, action sequence in this movie. After that is we we jump right ahead to getting in, uh, getting out of the compound. Eggsy is infiltrated and like figured out like the Samuel L. Jackson's little party that he's got with all the rich elites. Yep. And he's trying he's you know, he after he's done his bit, he's now fucking off because he's basically buying time for them to uh, for Lancelot to blow up the satellite.
1: <laughs> Samuel Jackson's character deserves a whole other episode he, of some I'm, Show. He, it's, like, what is going I, on We're not gonna guy. talk about it, but yeah, what yeah, a fantastic yeah, performance. Yeah, oh his, my god. I
0: love when he's telling one of my favorite lines is he, he chose to have a lisp for his character. Of and course, then he, he, did. he says to the British people, he's like, You all talk funny. Yeah, of course. This <laughs> is really funny. Yep. Great. It's a great line delivery. He's just a really good. I performer. just think it's funny to watch, watch him
1: it's funny to watch him be friends with the lady with the knife legs. And, like, realize this is his best friend. (laughs) He's his best friend. (laughs) He has no real friends. I also love that
0: they add the thing that, like, he doesn't, he can't look at blood. Like, that's just another, like, wonderful little nonsense. So stupid. All right. So the compound. Yeah, yeah. The the initial, not because it's kind of confusing because he goes in and he infiltrates. And then there's an action sequence to get out. And then he has to go back in because they solved the satellite problem. So there's, there's back and forth. This is the first time. And when I say, let's talk about when not to use something, this whole sequence is built in the aggregate from multiple perspectives. Um, there's, uh, it's, there's a fight scene with Eggsy going down the corridors. That's an action sequence that feels right out of a James Bond, like 90s, like GoldenEye or something like that, you know. But we're cutting to Lancelot in space, blowing up the satellite. Merlin's hacking in the jet uh, Mark Strong right and Samuel L. Jackson is overseeing the countdown and it's all coming to a head of the countdown when it hits zero a bunch of people are going to die so the way he does this is he stays away from the crazy amount of uh, attention paid to the close-up magic and you know the dramatic kind of operatic shots of the superhero movie. And he's just a kind of a basic spy movie, just him shooting a bunch of stuff. Sometimes he does a whirly kick, but it's, you know, only to keep it still feeling like it's in the same movie, but we get crazy amount of different ways, different tactics. We get security cam footage. We get eye cam footage, which you mentioned. It makes it look like exactly like a uh, first person shooter video game. And this kind of helps you brand – he's building momentum and it's more of pacing than rhythm because it's in between the sequences. Because we're still going but, forward. We're relentlessly going but, forward. But yeah, yeah, it's a more straight action movie or spy movie right. because like he's also got a gun. He's trying to – it's not about him fighting any particular person. He just needs to traverse the space. Right. So he doesn't need – really to use hand-to-hand tactics that often and when he does it slips back into this kind of superhero slide with a dolly counter move uh and it's just like done very quickly it's done to keep the momentum forward he chooses not to do it in this sequence because he doesn't want to oversaturate the sequence with cool action stuff he's just like all right, skip to the end um they almost
1: all felt like zooms honestly
0: there's like, a lot. Yeah.
1: You know, yeah. like, uh, again, that's sort of, there's a feeling. We talked about this on the Steadicam episode with uh, Christopher Nolan, Dark Knight. Uh-huh. But, like, that part of the movie, it was very clear. Like, it was like everything was going forward inexorably to destruction, right? So you get zooms and you get pushes and you get yeah. forward running moment. And, you know, like, all that stuff felt like it was squeezing the frame in a way. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
0: <clears throat> and it's the most that Eggsy in this movie uses a gun. Yeah. So you get that aspect of action movies or spy movies where when you are using a gun, like in a diehard, I don't know, Mm -hmm. you, you are killing people at a distance. We don't see who he's shooting necessarily in order to get the, you know, what's going on, um, which is vastly different from hand to hand combat sequences. And then we get the final kind of skipping ahead a little bit. We get the final kind of, um, boss fight, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone's head explodes And Eggsy fights with uh, Gazelle. And this is the big set piece. We mentioned that anytime Gazelle is controlling a fight, we show that wide to show her legs. And that keeps it pretty, like the whole sequence is pretty modern superhero stuff. It's choreographed at a distance, wide dolly. They're going blow to blow. That's kind of how the sequence works. It's not like the pub. It's not like the Colin first stuff. And camera kind of countermoves the action. It's sometimes cuts to singles of them dealing blows, but then it gets back to another wide where you countermove the action again. But this sequence also has Eggsy in it, so there is some hand-to-hand like, you know, magic, you know, he's got little gadgets and such. So we see him dodging her foot swords we get the thing that you were just talking about, slowing down the footage to see how close she was to killing him and then right. speeding it back up again. Right. That's very Gay Ritchie. Get, yeah. We get whirly shots because it's just kind of a cool shot to be like, let's mount a camera essentially on her leg as uh, she mm-hmm. spins around. And it's, but it's mostly just choreographed series. Um, and then in the, fi- as a final nod to kind of the superhero movie, we get the iconic final, like last blow that's dealt shot. Where it's done entirely in slow motion, Eggsy gets his little poison knife boot out. Uh and he, as he's as they're flying in midair, he uses it to scrape her uh, her arm while she's dodging while he's like dodging her kick stab. Um and that's like kind of like, oh, it's a poison, she's gonna die, and that ends that. So it's like it does the point i mentioned that even as the culmination is that you're, you still have to play with your limitations and that's, you know, making the choice of gazelle. You have to kind of see all aspects of the beast to really feel the momentum of that sequence, but it shows how he's kind of disposable. Uh, Vaughn is like, I'm going to use this tactic for this. Why? Because not just out of necessity, but because like this movie is like five different things going on. Um, And I think that that is kind of what you need to be in order to make a modern action movie these days. Audiences are kind of the expectation is that you're going to get kind of get all types of action. And you don't even necessarily know when you're watching it. You're like, you're not thinking and internalizing. Oh, they're using big, wide uh, dollies, like slow moving dollies. I didn't even think that that's like a superhero movie thing, but it absolutely is. Cause when you look at like a martial arts movie or a sword fight movie or, you know, some other different type of action movie that isn't a superhero movie, they have a different approach. And guess what? When you're making a movie in the modern age, you use those tactics too. So the DNA of modern action movies have a lot of superhero, a lot of martial arts tactics, Die Hard. Everything is built upon sequences of the past, but there's some cool games that the Kingsman plays, and it's all done in the name of keeping that momentum rolling, and uh, it's pretty well done. And that's the end of my argument. Hundred percent.
1: Yeah, you did great. This is a uh, this is a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, it's a fun, fun. I think I think this is a good movie to study as like a sort of state of the state of the action film. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like if you take away like spectacle. Because spectacle is mm-hmm. a different thing uh, that's also in action films, and I don't think you can get it here. I think you have to watch a Marvel movie. But, mm-hmm. like, fight choreography, and specifically, I feel like this movie sort of felt very state of the art to me. Which um, is
0: hilarious considering that this movie was main. Yeah, yeah, it's nine years ago. This is a 2014 movie. I mean,
1: I just haven't, you know, I mean, I I know The Raid, uh, but I haven't really seen those two films to me and John Wick. The, those are the films that feel John like. John Wick, yeah. But John Wick feels very similar to this in a lot of ways. Like it it's, does. It's cleaner. It, it does know?
0: a lot. Of, it's cleaner and it does yeah. a lot more of the compound superhero stuff and less of the flashy, you know. It's, it's somehow more grounded. <laughs> it's more grounded. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but because it, it, it doesn't do any of the post consideration, doesn't do Guy Ritchie stuff. Um but it does do the compounds like it does do the compound shot stuff for as, as my uh, as, as far as i know but the big digression is that it doesn't really play the game as much as kingsman does with the close up magic it's yeah. more about kind of like relaxed wides of or relaxed like medium shots of the fighting like the hands where they're going and how he's like breaking their arms and stuff like that there's also that is less than well, let's pick a object and you know, follow that as a sequence. I feel like this move, like you can a lot of these tricks he's using work because
1: this movie is funny. You yes. know what I mean? Like uh like and that's it's why it's like I, who cares. Well, yeah. I think I think that's right. And because it's a little bit who cares, he can push it really far. And I think his talent as a director makes a lot of the pushing it really far not stupid. Like it's like oh shit that yeah. looks pretty good you know what I mean like that got my heart racing a little bit uh, and then when it doesn't totally work it's like ah who cares you yeah, know what I mean like like yeah tooth flying while guy goes whoa, like that kind of stuff you know yeah um, which is but that stuff's fine like again it's, fine. it's why I like there these are different arguments but like one of the reasons why Hot Fuzz rips as an action movie is because when it's not amazing it's a comedy still yeah. You know, like when the action scenes aren't like the best thing you've ever seen, it's still funny. And I think this movie kind of does that too.
0: Yeah, it's you not know? as funny, but it's very charming. It's all charming. The time. Yes. It is. It is charming, even though But it is it's... like Samuel L. Jackson is funny in this movie. There are funny beats. They do jokes. Um for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, like I would it's definitely
1: not like uh it doesn't take movies very seriously, I think yeah. is a good way of talking about it. Um, Which I
0: think isn't, I think it's, that's really important for the self service that we do in a lot of movies. Like it's a breath of fresh air considering all of the Christopher Nolan's. Not that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that Uh, when you're inundated with a lot of it, sometimes you're just like, I just want a break. And this feels like, oh, it's still an action movie, but it's a break from that kind of self serious kind of. uh, I got to tell you, watching, if I had watched Oppenheimer, then come home and watch this
1: as a a cool down movie. (laughs) Yeah, like that's a pretty chill double feature day, man. <laughs> like, that's pretty chill, that dude. Really would go, that really would go. for me. 100%. Fucking the
0: Brits, man. The British are coming. They're doing it.
1: Yeah, I was surprised Colin Firth. Uh, spoilers didn't survive this film. I was like, well, he seems like the guy that should be this franchise. But is anybody the the face of the franchise? Is it Mark Strong?
0: Uh, Have you I, I think the it's I think it's our Taryn Edgerton. But um, oh, I really? don't want to spoil anything okay. for you. Okay. But uh, you'll be surprised how the second movie goes. I will watch it. I
1: I didn't think he. It, this is just you know neither here nor there. I didn't think he mattered too much, mm-hmm. even though I know he's the protagonist. It was like yeah, but he he was he's he felt disposable. Boy. Yeah, but he didn't have a a quality that made me love him. Maybe this is just Adam's thing. Um, so I can leave it at that. I he, I didn't care about him. You know, <laughs> no, like, no, I, I mean, much. I guess
0: I see what you're talking about, but like, yeah. same could be said about Luke Skywalker, brother.
1: It could, I just didn't feel that way about Luke Skywalker. But
0: you're 100% right. Yeah, I and mean, usually our identity character is a boring, kind of loose connection to the audience, you know? I
1: guess. They're the everyman. Right. Um, this movie at times felt very much like it was following lame tropes. Even down to he literally saves a cat. Yep. You know, it was like, Wow, bro. <laughs> like I, wow. I mean, I get that it's a joke. Like that was clearly mm-hmm. a joke. But it's also like, man, <laughs> I don't like try a little harder. Uh yeah, it does yeah.
0: do like all right, or we're doing the thing where the the dog's real cute, it's got cute eyes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All sometimes right. it's <laughs> very
1: like unapologetically. But we are, the you have trope. to
0: admit though. Yeah. We are fundamentally and irrevocably broken people <laughs> like you you can't me. make a movie for me like a, a kingsman for me no that's you will never
1: be happy no with movies <laughs> i know i know man i like sometimes i feel bad when i'm teaching a directing class and i tell them this is the last moment you get to be a, a movie audience that's yeah, over now from here now on you in. gotta watch them and
0: understand them you know now you gotta look at it like an architect yes. looks at a house yes that's right i always think about that do architects and well not architects they're do like they builders ever sleep? <laughs> <laughs> do they ever sleep because they have to go to the house do they they think about the floorboards and they're like they use that they use that they <laughs> only sleep in tents they sleep in, like, ah, in the backyard
1: oh my god i can't all, enjoy a house it's all wood <laughs> and nails <laughs> You know what stones really made of? It's not stone. I can't, I
0: can't sleep, Doc.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really? yeah, that's probably right.
0: <laughs> I'm not gonna check. Here's, yeah, and the doctor's like, here's what you do. You go to the show.
1: There's a great builder. Try gummies. Have you tried gummies? Is, yeah, have a good time. Um, this All movie right. also had two <laughs> seventh sequences, by the way. That was like a thing that really annoyed me. Uh yeah like there's like it felt very much like we're building toward blowing up the satellite and I was like great and then like you know we wrap it up nope that's the first of two sequences that are both the same doing the same job of like yeah. third acting the movie it yeah you like, think that the oh set man. piece is
0: the biggest set piece but then you're like nope you got to go back in Eggsy the uh, yeah it's, you still haven't snuffed out the problem these cockroaches keep living. I am fine with that. I think that that's a valid, like, that's a valid structural form. It doesn't bother me.
1: Did you think this movie
0: felt long? Um, maybe when I look at it more objectively, I could argue that. But like, I do enjoy watching. But you loved it, okay? I I watch it every several years. I think I've watched it like three times at this point, and it's like every time I've been, I've been like, yeah, it's like a two-hour film, but like, but I still like it maybe I'm also broken by the idea that like some movies are fucking like three hours now. And it's just like, I, why not? When I see a two hour movie, like 15, 20 years ago, I would be like, okay, now I'm like, oh good. It's only two hours. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, so but that's like a,
1: that's just phases. Every, every th- era. That's film inflation. Has... Yeah.
0: Modern inflation of yeah. time. But like, cause like when I see a, I've been watching a lot of movies recently and some of them are, have been 90 minutes and I'm like, ooh, this is going to be done fast. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. It's all relative because if it's a boring-ass movie... Then it takes you know, forever. Like, yeah, And you're like, 90 minutes is like, all right, let's speed this fucker up, man. Uh, but then you go and watch 90... 19- <laughs> I can't even do this joke. You go and watch 1997's The Postman, and you're like, "That three hours went by real fast."
1: You're coming in hot today. I really like it. Uh, I just so can I can like I call postman. out can I call out one more thing? Uh, and yeah. I, by the way, I did like I did really enjoy this movie. I was like, "This is fun." I'm glad. Uh, needing to hear the n word to hate the Westboro Baptist people. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, like, this is this. I mean, I, he's also British, so he probably has a different feeling about it than an American would have. But to me, like, I'm hearing, I'm like, and it feels very much like the filmmaker's trying to justify the thing that they're about to do, which is give you a completely gratuitous and unnecessary fight scene.
0: Yeah, right. Absolutely. And That's to ju- what he's doing.
1: and to justify that, here's how awful they are. They're That's saying right. these absurd, hor horrendous things in their sermon. Uh, and it's like, uh, I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's like, that is antithetical to ethical filmmaking for me.
0: Uh, like it bothered me on that level, you know, like I, I, but I'm not here. to I think about it. I just, I think that's, that's, I don't know. You might be just flat out. Right. But like, I think that in 2014, that was still seen as satire. You, you know what? That's a good point. It is a different time. And again, he
1: is British and they seem to feel more comfortable with like pretty gnarly swears. They're, yeah. I mean, yeah. like
0: I would say that uh, in American satire in 2014, uh, Americans talking about Americans were probably a little more advanced and this is they wouldn't even have more that. simplistic. But um, the, in general at that time, like that—that that is before 2016. We didn't see even see how bad it was going to get. That's you know? true. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we thought it was to us that was for the i mean when i say that i mean like liberal bubble like or leftist bubble it was like that was unthinkable that's like so that still felt like satire now skip forward to 2023 we're like yeah it, it, anything can happen there's no such thing as satire a little that's bit. the problem is it doesn't feel like satire it feels
1: like a filmmaker trying to do the tropes you need to justify the later thing they want to do.
0: Yeah. Just, it just, it, it's, it feels yeah. like mean spirited in a way that it's just like, Oh, you're just, you're not, you're not showing the lines in the sand. You're just saying Americans are this a little well, bit. And
1: also you're, you're dunking on people we already know are bad so that you get to then dunk on them again. Yeah. You know, like, which is, that's fine. Like I, far be it for me to defend those people. But I, but like, that's again. There's a there's an ethic to being a filmmaker of like what am I willing to show to uh, to properly comment on the content that I put in the movie. You know, like for instance, there was an interesting New York Times article last week about that. There, the New York Times was wringing their hands about all the female nudity this summer. Did you see that by chance? Uh, no, no. it's weird, but there was like, there was a whole sort of sub conversation happening among the, you know, the, uh, the literary this year of like, boy, there's just a lot of female nudity. Why is that happening again? And and in movies, you know, uh, Uh, like, why is that happening again? Didn't we learn our lesson, you know, from me too? (laughs) Like, right. So like, uh, and I'm not (laughs) saying, and that's obviously very silly. Uh, but like, I think So there's sort of two sides to how to deal with that kind of content. And one of them is none of it's ever justified, right? Or like you have to constantly justify it. And then there's the other end of like, hey, it's all a tool to tell the story. And I, with this one, I was like, "Mm, I don't know if I agree with
0: that. Anyway, I made my point. Yeah, no, no. I mean, well said. I mean, I think it's... It's good that we're thinking about this when we look at movies even 10 years ago, you know, especially. I mean, Mutants 10 years ago. It, yeah, I'm not trying to be self righteous. It, it, but legitimately, it was like, whoa. And he
1: kept happening. It happened several times. It was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. that's it. I mean, I said it. We can move on from that. We can, I, said <laughs> we can, I said it. I've said it. <laughs> it's done. It's, it's, on, the, it's, it's right. on the record. Uh, it's on the record. It's on the record. Yeah. Still very so, fun. Very
0: fun movie. Very fun. Very fun movie. Uh I like to hear what people think about this movie and if this argument is up to snuff. Because uh, I think that there's something to be said about the, you know, kind of lineage of uh action movie and how how we got here. Um, yeah, this I, this made me feel
1: like, I, I, I'm not, I like Zack Snyder in some ways. I don't think as a storyteller I love him so much, but... As a video as a fight choreographer, he's pretty damn good. Um and also Yeah, I mean the
0: way he shoots fights are definitely memorable.
1: Oh yeah, and he's and he's visually great. Like I was I was trying to watch The Watchmen to get a DPT last week and it wasn't mm-hmm. it was not happening. Uh but like one thing that really stood out about it was like, man, he's so good at keeping the actors in the frame during a fight scene in a way that's like, how did he get that to happen?
0: Everything feels controlled in a Zack Snyder. That's for real.
1: Like super controlled. Uh Anyway, I was thinking for a little bit, this is a, an episode that will never happen, but I was almost going to do like the meaning of rain in Zack Snyder's films, <laughs> but, I, <laughs> but I couldn't get enough to justify it. Uh, yeah. Rain equals sad boy. Well, uh, uh, obviously, but he does some fun things with rain in the Watchmen mm-hmm. uh, because he also adds it to stuff where we don't need it, you know? Uh, so I liked it for that reason, but because rain's also a pain in the ass. Rain is the worst oh, yeah. to deal with. Uh, anyway,
0: well, you heard it here first, and next episode will be about the rain. <laughs> <laughs> exciting, isn't it? It's exciting. No, I'm not. to well, thank do it. you. There's not enough. Yeah. Thank you all for taking time to listen in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to our stupid thoughts on the Kingsman. Um, hey, y- you're listening to this, and if you're a Patreon to Small Beans, Patreon.com/slash Small uh, you might be listening to this on Friday, the fifteenth of September, and if you are a Patreon, you got a bunch of stuff to look forward to, including a frame rate coming up Woo. on the Phantom of the Paradise. Woo. We got a uh, we, we we got. Uh, I'll show you mine if you show me yours. Woo. We got coming up. That's a good one. Uh, they're going to be talking about road trip movies. Road trip playlist. Playlists are, yeah. and we got uh, we got Spielboys coming up oh, in, the yeah. in the next two weeks, where Tom and I will be talking about uh Jurassic Park's Lost World, ah, the Lost World. I, need, I, I just
1: want to sing in that that theme song one time, I just want to be <laughs> in the episode and sing the theme song Singing, one time, that's all right, I want. We can make that work, baby, that's we all can I want. make that work. I just want to be there once.
0: Uh, so yeah if you uh if you want that those kind of exclusives and those early tracks uh please stop by uh it helps us keep the lights on you get fresh content bonus content, you get early content so uh go and do it, you dummies mm. um that's it. I don't know is there anything you wanna say adam
1: no uh I don't I mean we have been alluding to there's new stuff coming to the five dollar tier, right we've been doing that, have we not?
0: We have. Okay, cool. Uh, it won't truly be here for another. Few I would say, few weeks. Yeah. But look in middle to late October. Great. For that and announcement. Stuff. An announcement to be more clear, uh, clear sharp in, in 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 the next month. Great. Um, well, that's it. Okay. Bye. <laughs>